Thank you for listening to Abide Church. At Abide, you belong before you believe. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Gio Munoz. Can I share? We're starting a new series today called Kingdom Culture. And, and whether you realize it or not, for the last year and a half, however long we've been here now, we've been trying to build this culture and get you to realize that we are a part of this world, but we are not of it. That there's something about us when we come into contact with the person of Jesus that changes us from the inside out. While I may look the same, I am not the same. There is something different about us when we say yes to Jesus where all of our wants, all of our desires, see that's what it looks like. I don't know when or why dying to self became a bad thing in the church, but that's what this looks like. It's this mutual surrender where I say, I have seen you, and you're so good, this no longer matters. We've been presented, and I know time and time again with this gospel where we say, give everything and strive and be better. But, but I just want to encourage you today to be fully you. The world doesn't need another me, praise the Lord. The world doesn't need another Stephen Furtick or whoever in the world you think is amazing. What the world needs is you fully on fire for Jesus. And what he's looking for are sons and daughters that would step into everything that he has for them. I'm not interested in preaching a partial gospel. It does not make my heart glad to tickle ears. What I want to see from you, last week I was talking with my mom on the phone. And my mom goes to a really great church in Orlando. She was sitting right back there. And she goes to a really, really big church. And she says, I don't know what it is, but when I step into your guys' church, something on side of me. She didn't even know what to put words to it, right? She was like, I begin to introspect. She's like, but it's not like I'm on a witch hunt. She's like, there's something inside of me that is like, there's more. And, and, and I begin to believe and I feel the Lord. And I know that we come to this church every single week and it becomes common to us, but what God is doing in our midst is not common. It only becomes common when we treat it as such. It's not common for somebody like Kylie to stand up and say, I was wrecked. There was an outreach a block away from us that week. And I don't know anything that was going on there, but what I do know is that God was breathing on ours. What I do know is that as they came, people were blessed and people felt loved. And that's all that matters because the Bible says God is love. The Bible does not say that for God so loved the world that he sent his son so you can preach a sermon. It does not say that. For God so loved the world that he gave his son so that they can know him and be reconciled to the father. Now what does that look like? That looks like you representing him well. That's why Paul goes on and he says, we are ambassadors of Christ. That everywhere that we go, we carry this kingdom culture with us. And it is a culture. And it changes the things we value. You see, kingdom value creates kingdom culture. There were things that I used to care about five years ago that I just don't care about anymore. They don't mean anything because when it gets to the end of the day, it does not create more of Jesus in me. You say, well, brother, I'm just trying to figure this out. I'm trying to balance. You can't balance Jesus in anything. You only balance things that have equal value. To balance something in my life means I put Jesus and I have found something that has the same weight as him. Does not exist. 
I want my scale to be tipped all the way to Jesus because I know that's the only way this stuff is blessed. That's the only way I feel fully alive. And so Jesus makes this really, really simple for us. We overcomplicate it, but, but when you look at it, and we talked about this last week, what he wants is to do life with you. I ended my sermon last week saying, God does not want you to live through a pastor. He wants you to live life yoked to him. What does yoke mean? Connected. You've seen, the, you've seen the carriage on a horse. Those horses are yoked to the carriage. Wherever the horses go, that carriage is going. That is the way that we are to live. God speaks, Holy Spirit empowers, and we go. And so in the scriptures, you see this portion where Luke 11, where the disciples are seeing Jesus, and Jesus, and I just want to read a bit of it, Luke 11. It says, Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished praying, his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Now, this strikes me from the very beginning because there was something about the way Jesus communed with the Lord that they say, I need that. There's some, there was something about his relationship, this vertical thing that went up and down that said, his disciples recognized the way you pray, the way you commune with him is something that I need. And so Jesus come, comes and he says, this is how you should pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means to make holy, to consecrate, to lift above everything else. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now let's stop here. This prayer is not something that we throw into the millennium or when Jesus finally comes back. This is literally a commandment that we are to establish there, here, what is there. That, that means that our, our, our atmospheres around us are to shift when we walk into a room. That means that everywhere I go, it doesn't matter what report people give. It doesn't matter what people say. As soon as I walk into a room and I walk in kingdom, this now becomes on earth as it is in heaven. So we begin to ask ourselves, what is in heaven? Is there sickness in heaven? It's not your question. There's not. Is there depression in heaven? There is not. Is there bondage? There is not. Heaven is a place that is full of hope, joy, and Holy Spirit, and abundance. And so what God has called you to do is to broker this. I need you to see this. This isn't, this isn't a commission that is given to ministers. These were everyday people, fishermen, tax collectors, doctors that walked with Jesus. And he said, this is how you should pray. Our Father who are in heaven, may your name be holy and lifted above everything else in our lives. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. That's a very practical thing, but you have to know that God also has, he has living bread for you every day. We talk to you about spending time with the Lord. It's not because we want it to be religious or to make you feel bad. It's because he has living bread for you every single day. There's something that is alive. It's why it's a prophetic picture in Exodus. When the people would receive manna, bread from heaven, it would rot on the next day. Because God always provides fresh bread. There's always a fresh word. There's always something new. There's something that rises up and we're meant to live from this place of revelation from him. Yeah. And so what does it look like? What does it look like to live in kingdom culture? 
Culture is very simple. Listen, a culture is a system of beliefs, disciplines, practices, and relational boundaries that release, they, listen, they, they release the beliefs among a people group. And this is what we've been working to establish for you to rise up and to believe. Why? Because there's people in the world that need you. I, I need you to hear my heart today. There have been many times where God has come and crashed in on a place but it hasn't lasted. And it's not due because God doesn't want to. It's because the culture wasn't there to sustain what God brought. The main thing stopped being the main thing. And so we started judging success by how many services we had and how many people were in the services and how much cash flow we had. And while all of that stuff is good, it's incomplete. I was moved reading about Evan Roberts and, and the revival that happened in Wales. It's one of my favorite revivals. And to read about this man, and people would ask him, what did you do? This revival that swept the nation. Soccer closed down. Bars closed down. Prostitution stopped. It affected. It wasn't in a building. It, had, it hit everywhere. So they come up to Evan and they say, what did you do? He says, this is what I do. I stand in front of a congregation and I let them watch me burn. I let them watch the Holy Spirit move within me and wreck me. And hopefully something that he does that day would, re would require of people, I'll give anything to have that. That's how I want to live my life. There's nothing in my life that is worth him. There's nothing. No amount of money, no amount of possessions, no amount of social status, Don't give a crap about how big the church gets or doesn't get. It, I, I preach to him. We don't worship for you, man. We worship him. And so if, we gotta, if he wants 45, 50 minutes of worship, I'm sorry that makes you uncomfortable, but it's for him. And we prepare a table. Because <laughs> I don't want to feed from what the world has to give. There's so many troughs that you can feed from. There's so many places that will feed you bad news and bad news and you have a choice. I can't force you what you're going to eat from and what you're not going to eat from, but I'm telling you there is a better way. Yeah. I choose what I'm going to feed myself. So when there's something I'm reading about what's going on in the world, I don't choose to receive it. You say, well, that's living in denial. Yes, I do. I do. I deny every false thought that the enemy would try to put in my life. I will live in denial all day because I know he is good. So if the world wants to do whatever they want to do pertaining to abortion or whatever, it may be fact, but it is not truth. My Facebook post isn't going to make a difference. The governors aren't reading it. The only thing that's going to change this... It's the only thing. It's the only thing. And that people would stop standing on their soapboxes and they would say, you know what? If there's too many babies, I will adopt. I'm not talking to you about something we haven't already decided. That the people of God would rise up and say, I'm not going to talk about the problem. I'm going to be the solution. Why? Because it was the commission. Father, That your kingdom come, that your will be done on earth as is in heaven. In heaven there are no orphans. There are no orphans. 
And so if I'm living in a world that's full of orphans, I have to do something about it. I can't, I can't live that way. I know there's a very, very fine line between, and you know if you know my heart of this church, we don't, we don't deal with condemnation and we're not trying to put shame and guilt, but there is a reality that we have to live in that we live in a broken world. There should, there should be a weight. I'm just telling you, there should be a weight. It's not, it's not a bad weight because the Lord says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But it is a burden. That we live in a world where people are struggling and they're hurting with the reality that God says, I have given you the keys to the kingdom. What you bind will be bound and what you loose will be loosed. That is a promise. Why aren't we seeing it? Because there's not enough people binding. Stuff happens and we just say, I'm so sorry. I'm, let, me tell, let me teach you how to cope with that instead of saying, I'm going to say a strong no to that because I don't see this in here. Jesus ran across a demon-possessed man in Matthew. Mark. It was close. It was with an M. He ran across a demon-possessed man in Mark. And before Jesus even said anything to the man, the demon was begging, please don't. Because there was such an authority on his life. There was such an authority on his life. And he was so connected to the Father that the Spirit knew it was about time for it to go. What would it look like for you? Listen, I know, I know. Like, this is crazy. What are you talking about? I, I could feel it. But what I'm trying to show you is there's a better way. This culture does not look like the world's culture. In this culture, to go high, you must go low. To live, you must die. To be exalted, you're not getting it. When you give, then you receive. Everything is backwards. And so we should live our lives in such a way that people would go, I don't understand why he gives so much of himself. It's because he's worthy. He's worthy. There's not a moment in my life that he hasn't been worthy. And so I read through the Bible and I have a choice to make. In Romans 2, there was this distinction that was going on. And there was this separation between the Jews and the Gentiles. If you read the Old Testament, you'll see it. The Jews were God's chosen people. Jesus came and now this gospel was open to everyone. And the distinction that was made was no longer people of, of Jews or people of Gentiles. It was now children of Adam. Or children of Christ. It was the only distinction that was made. And the implication is if you are a child of Christ, then you are Romans 6, 7, and 8. You are now free from sin and you are a slave to righteousness. <laughs> I'm not trying to be righteous. When I live life connected to the vine and following him, righteousness has to happen. It, my, my flesh has no choice. So how do I stop sinning? You stop trying to not sin and you start connecting yourself to him. You change the focus. You stop trying to be a better person and connect yourself to the only holy one. And in this culture, 
And then what God is trying to do is he's trying to position you and to create in you a vessel where he can pour out his spirit in. The presence of God is not icing on the cake. It is the cake. It is the cake. It is everything. That is why in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Who's the first person that came on the scene when you read this Bible? In the beginning was the, in the beginning. I'm just going to read it to you so I don't mess it up. Like, this guy's a heretic. Jesus, Jesus. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formed and empty, and darkness covered the earth. And, and who? And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. That word hovering is the same as wind. That word wind means ruach. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the first person to make, to make the scene on earth was the wind of God, which was the same wind that he breathed into man, which is the same thing he reconciled when he stood on the cross and he said, it is finished. That is why when the disciples came, he blew on them. Because when the wind of God comes on you, it changes everything. You run with longevity. You run and you do not grow weary. You do not faint. And you begin to see things from heaven's perspective. That's why Paul said we're crushed. We're pressed, but we're not crushed. Everything's coming against us, but we're still running. Because the wind of God has blown on us. And we're trying to create a culture where you may say that cancer is fact, but it is not truth. I'm looking at my bank account, and it may be fact I got 100 bucks, but the truth is I'm not broke because I live according to his economy. This is the world that we live in. So when I go to the streets and we go to the streets, we broker this kingdom. And we live from this perspective where there are people in the world that need, they need, I'll go again, what you carry. This morning, this morning, right on time. This morning, um, Stephen came to me, and um, he directs me that, that there would be somebody in our zip code that lived life so hopeless that they thought, I'm just going to end it. I know he's in glory. I know Pat's in glory. I don't care what you think. That if, if, if you're connected, go to Bible school. You don't have to have a theology degree. You just need to be with him. So this family would give me one sometimes, sometimes he wouldn't. And she said it was our favorite thing. So we would call each other nutty buddies because we were both crazy and we, it was our thing. And so time went on, months went on, and all of the family started to cope. They would see counselors, but there was, she worked at Subway, and she just wasn't coping with things the same way as, her bro, as the rest of her family. She was really, really struggling. They were Christians, and she just had this tension. God, I don't understand why. How many of you know it's okay? Yeah. It's okay. I don't understand why this really, really sucks, and I miss my brother, and these are all very real things. And so how many of you know in these kind of situations, you begin to lose hope? You begin to have like this perspective, everything becomes negative, and so she's working at Subway. Somebody comes in, and this woman comes in, she's frazzled with her kid. That's better than any sermon I ever freaking preached. A little box, $5, of snacks spoke to her. God sees me. He hasn't forgotten me. I'm not abandoned. 
And I say this to you for this very reason and purpose. What if you preaching the gospel did not look like you standing on a stage sweating with all these lights on you? But it looked like you being aware of what's going on around you. Martha walked in today and she was crying. She didn't even know why she was crying. And then we got the news about Pat and now I'm like, oh, I understand. Because the spiritual realm is more real than the natural realm. It was here before and it will be here long after it. And when you're connected to the Holy Spirit, you can pick up on things before you even know them. And so what if you, in a, in a very practical sense, were so connected that giving somebody a nutty buddy could change their whole perspective on how God sees them? What am I saying? This gospel is simple. So many people talking about the outreach and how awesome it was. All we did was show up with eggs, bacon, and pancake mix. That's all we did. We had clothes. And we gave them tracks in case they wanted to be involved in the gospel, but there was no, there was no. I'm going to do something a little different today. Um, here's what I felt this morning. I, I felt this morning as, as I was praying over today and, and what I was going to talk about, that it's, um, and you know, you know my heart, it's like it's time to draw a line in the sand. That's what I feel. Like, it's time for us to go all in for the pats. I mean, go pray for him. And things kind of winded down, and I thought, it's going to be awkward if I go to him now. I'll get him next time. Get a call at like 3 o'clock in the morning. My father-in-law comes. We got to go. Something happened with Trey. I immediately thought, oh, my gosh. We get in the car, and we get there, and everything's roped off. The whole thing's roped off. We couldn't even get in. Long story short, they were doing drugs and somebody had a gun and the gun went off because they were messing with him and the gun shot him right in the head. Now Trey's gone. This is something I have to live. I understand. People would say, you don't have to carry that weight. I want to carry that weight. I don't want to ever forget about Trey because that's, that disallows me from walking past broken people. I pray now, God, send me a Trey. I'll never pass them by. I'll never pass them by again. I'll never pass them by again. And so what I want to do today is I want to call you. I want to call you to the altars. And I see this as, as you saying, I'll be a part of the solution. I'm not saying if you stay there, you're a part of the problem. I don't even want that to be insinuated in any way. But I'm saying there are some of you that it's time to step in. To say, I'll pay the price. I'll, I have counted the cost. And he's worthy. Money's not an issue anymore. My time's not an issue because it's all his. It's all his. And so I step in today and I give myself for the pats, for the trays, to be the person who pats out the stinking nutty buddies. And to do whatever the world you want me to do. So if that's you and you say yes to that, would you just step into these altars and just as a proclamation, come on. And we're just going to, for a few moments, just sing you a word. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Please connect with us online at abidechurchfl.com.